Over Christmas and New Year's, I spent some time in Philippians. It is a beautiful, very helpful love letter, obviously written to the Philippians, um, but there is so much to talk about when looking at a letter like this. Every chapter is full of many, many treasures. But for today, I want to share with you what I noticed in chapter 3, verse 1, and 4, verse 4. It states, Rejoice in the Lord three times. And in chapter 4, the words always is attached. And when you see a repeat in the Bible like this, it's probably a good idea to stop and pay attention to what has been recorded. So I stopped and paid attention and thought I would share what I gleaned. So welcome back to Chronicles Ministries. I invite you to come with me and look back at these verses in order to be reminded. And in being reminded, you and I can move forward in hope. Every single time I look back into scripture, I always walk away with renewed hope, and I hope the same is true for you. Now it says, rejoice in the Lord three times. It is a very interesting statement. Well, for me anyways, when you stop to consider who wrote it and where he was when he wrote it. Paul wrote it while he was in chains for Jesus. We learn that when we, re when we read Philippians 1, verse 12 to 13, and it says this. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that ha what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear to the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Now, please note right off the top here, the note, please note the tone of these words. There is no self-pity. It is absolutely amazing to me. Paul is speaking about the advancement of the gospel, even though it had landed him in jail. He is more concerned about the gospel than himself. It is very noteworthy. These words are written to a group of people that Paul had a deep love for. And I see this in uh, chapter 4, verse 1, where it states, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown. Now, the Philippians, the recipients of this letter, were free in the sense that they were not in chains. However, they did not necessarily have an easy life. They were persecuted. And again, I'd like to point you to Scripture to show, to show you this. And it says in Philippians 1, verse 29 to 30, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him, but also suffer for Him, since you are going through the same struggles you saw I had, and now here I still have. And they were extremely poor. We see that in Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 2. He writes concerning the Philippians in the midst of severe trial. Their overflowing joy and ex extreme, extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They knew trouble well. And yet they had overflowing joy. Why? How? How is it possible? Do you know trouble? Are you familiar with hardship and suffering? I suspect to some degree you, you and I are. Have you known the presence of joy in the midst of life's tougher happenings? I pray you do. Now after much pondering um, and study, 
studied and pondering, actually, I have come to one word that for me personally describes why the Philippians, you and I, well, while why I am called to rejoice in the Lord always. And the word is enough. Jesus is enough. He is enough for a man in chains whose only crime was telling those of that day about Jesus and enough for the recipients receiving the letters, living life with all its ups and downs. And as I just read to you, suffering in trials and sorrows, persecution and extreme poverty, not just poor, extreme poverty and Jesus is enough. Now Paul is a man with a story. He is a man with a past, a present, and a future. You and I are as well. Let me just give you a little picture though of Paul's past and I'd like to bring you to Acts 7 verse 59 to Acts 8 verse 3 and it says this, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed. Stephen was being stoned for proclaiming Jesus Christ. And so he is being stoned and Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. That's amazing, by the way. When he said this, he fell asleep, which is another way of saying that he died. And Saul, who is Paul, approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church, and all except the apostles were scattered about Judea and Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. My friends, God is unstoppable. He is unstoppable today, just like he was unstoppable back then. Now moving forward, it said, Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Paul began to destroy, to destroy the church. This is what he did. He was going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. This is his past. Moving forward, just to give you a little bit more here, in Acts 9, verse 1 to 2, it says, Meanwhile, Saul, who we already know as Paul, was still breathing murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus, so that if he found anyone who belonged to the way, so in other words, a believer, whether man or woman, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Now, history tells us what happened to believers of this day. It is unspeakable and violent. Now, I know that is unspeakable and, and violent, violent persecution still happens around our world today. But for, to, for today, I want to go to Paul's past. He was the one, well, actually one of many, passionate, zealous leaders in this destroying. That is until Jesus showed up. Now, the only way for me to bring this justice is to bring you to Acts 9, verse 3 to 9. So if you have your Bibles, come with me to Acts 9, verse 3 to 9. And this is what it says. As he, did, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Verse 7. 
The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but not, but did not see anything. Saul got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Now moving forward, I'd like to tell you what happened in, or read to you what happened in verse 15 to 19. It says, but the Lord said to Ananias, now Ananias was a, a messenger uh, for God. And little side note, if God tells you to do something, go and do it. But, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man, Paul is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here to kill, destroy, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and when, and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is Paul. He was blind, but now he could see. Reading what I just read to you. Jesus showed up, and this man writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Why? Because Jesus changes everything. He took Paul's passionate, violent past, and he redirected it. Paul was chased after, changed, and forgiven. Have you been chased after, changed, and forgiven? Jesus is a personal, personal Savior. He has. He has chased me, changed me, and forgiven me. Jesus is enough. You and I have a past. That is, until we have our very own road to Damascus, if you will, our very own face-to-face -face encounter with the one who saves us from our past, our present, and our future. Now, it may not be as dramatic as Paul's. We're not Paul. We're not Paul. Phew. But our Jesus met me, because he's personal, right where I was on my road. He took the scales off my eyes. I was blind, but now I see how about you? Paul was lost, but now found. Amazing grace, say that precious song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Jesus is enough. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now this man who was once hunted, who once, sorry, this man who once hunted down became the hunted. Paul, as stated, pens these words from prison. He landed where he once placed believers and had done to him once what he once gave the nod of approval for. for. Now, sometimes he was under house arrest, sometimes in a dungeon, and sometimes he was a free man, but he was always hunted. Paul had a present. 
And we see that in the life he lived after his encounter with Jesus, the time we find all the letters he wrote. Now, Philippians 4, verse 12 says, I know, <clears throat> I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now, let me just show you um, what Paul states in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23b to 28. This is the man who writes this. So 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23, B to the end of 28. Join me. Join me here. So it says this. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have constantly been on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, and in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, and in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I have faced daily the pressure of my concern for all churches. This was written before the letter of Philippians. Paul did not stop. It's extreme, yes. But I read this to you because maybe, maybe this is finding you in your presence, in an extremely difficult place. You love Jesus with all your heart, and yet life is so hard. Now, we do not live in the same culture. To this again, I say thank goodness. But our troubles, yeah, no, they can be just as present in our present. This man, Paul, in everything I just read to you, saints rejoice in the Lord always. How is it possible for Paul and even the Philippians to rejoice? Because we know they did. In the places they found themselves, no matter how uncomfortable, no matter how scary, and they were scary, and how uncertain, they were uncertain. How is it possible for you and I to rejoice in the Lord always, no matter what. Jesus is enough. That is how, that is how we can rejoice in the Lord always. It comes down to the lenses we look through. Now remember, Paul was blind. I just read that to you. Paul was blind, but he could now see. The scales literally fell off. Paul was dead in sin, but now has life through Christ. His lenses were focused not on his past. It was forgiven, not only forgiven, it was redirected. 
not his presence, he wrote this. I'm going to read to you actually from Philippians 3, verse 4b to 9. So it says this. 4. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. There it is, right there. That is how we can rejoice always. Surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, and there it is again, that comes from the law, but that which is found through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Anything, anything that happened to Paul on earth was nothing compared to what he understood, well, what he now understood happened on the cross. The piercing of the hands and the feet, the shame, the mockery, the death, the borrowed tomb. It was borrowed and the resurrection drove Paul forward. He now understood Jesus' words when he said, it is finished. Does this truth drive you forward? Now I'm going to borrow some words from my friend Anthony who wrote, Death, the last great enemy, has been defeated. A new heaven and earth are on the horizon. Paul, the Philippians, you and I are safe in Christ for all eternity, our future, because Jesus came and accomplished what he did for you and for me. The battle was one. It is one. I would like to remind you, though, and encourage you that you do not need to live with this mindset in your own strength. We have the promised help of the Holy Spirit. Another great passage to look at another day. But for today, all you can have, all things desirable. Think back to what I just wrote, uh, read, what Paul wrote. You can be humanly speaking, wealthy, yet bankrupt. You can be, you can have a healthy resume, be successful, and have a status, yet wandering aimlessly. Paul was wandering aimlessly. He knows it. You can have a past that you are not proud of. And again, remember, Paul was responsible for the murder of innocent people. You can be so aware of your shortcomings, your failures, mistakes, and your downright sinfulness. Paul was. You can be what you consider yourself to be, less than desirable, poor, unwell. The list can go on and on and on, but it doesn't need to. Look again. Stop and look again at these words. Jesus is enough. All things, Paul says, are garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, but that which is is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God is based on faith. Do you have faith? 
And if you do, you have gained Christ. There is nothing you or I can do or say to make us right with God. It has been done for us. It is finished. The uncarryable weight of trying to be enough has been lifted off of us. Jesus is enough. Now we need righteousness. It just is. There is no way around this truth. But the good news is Jesus is our righteousness. When we stand before God, and we will, you and I will be called redeemed, forgiven, whole, purified, loved, His. You and I will be called His. Let that sink in. Why? Because he is enough. Paul calls us to rejoice always in the Lord. How can we not? How can we not? The sum total of who we are is found in Christ. Rejoice in the Lord, my friends, knowing full well that through your faith in Jesus, your Savior, he is all you need. He is your identity, your life giver, and your life sustainer. Now, moving forward together in this coming new year, I'm going to leave you with probably my favorite Bible verses, and they are found in Romans 8, verse 37 to 39. They are rich. It states, In all things, we are more than conquerors, conquerors, you and I, through Him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor, nor e- angels nor, or demons, neither present, uh, my favorite part right here, nor the future, he has you, he has me, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. I am calling us to live on day by day, wherever and in whatever situation we find ourselves with joy. Why? Because he is enough to redeem our past. He is enough to keep us safe in him in our present And you and I have life eternally with him because of him in our future. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice in the Lord because he is enough. Amen.